Hey everyone, my name is Elle and this is Foster Friday. Today I am going to chat with you a little bit about daycare vouchers. Now if you've tuned into previous podcasts, um, you'll know that about three weeks ago, actually three and a half weeks ago, we received our first placement, a three and a half year old boy and a two and a half month old little girl. And uh, within two days of us receiving the kids, I think it was actually day two, uh, we submitted a request for a daycare voucher. Now, I live in the state of Florida, and in the state of Florida, we have what is called the Rila Wilson Act. Rila Wilson was a four-year-old girl who was put into the foster care system due to her mother's cocaine habit, and she was placed with somebody who was familiar with the family. Now, depending on which version you hear, you'll hear that it's either a godmother or a grandmother. But whatever the case may be, she was placed with somebody by the name of Geraldine Graham. And on January 18th of 2001, Ryla went missing. And DCF, or the Department of Children and Families, did not notice that Ryla was missing until two years later. Um, because of this the Rila Wilson Act was put in place. And the Rila Wilson Act states that children who were previously in child care or children who are over the age of three and under court protective supervision or custody um, must be enrolled in a licensed early education or child care program. And they must participate in this program five days a week. Basically, this serves twofold. Um, number one, it's so that there's another set of eyes on these children who are in the system and there's somebody else who is accountable, aside from the caseworker, for reporting the whereabouts of the child. You know, in the event that they are absent, the daycare or the child care facility actually has to notify the state that they are absent. Um, foster parents are required to call and say, hey, my kid's going to be out today or, you know, let people know just so that um, there's an awareness, just so that this doesn't happen again. And another reason, actually, why the Rila Wilson Act is so important is because national research shows that children that are in foster care are at a high risk of dropping out of school and they're unlikely to attend or graduate college. So by placing them in an early learning center, it helps give them that foundation for education to help them not necessarily have the upper hand when they enter kindergarten, um, but it gives them a better opportunity to be on track with their peers who do have access or easy access to daycare. Now, knowing that these children automatically are going to qualify for this daycare voucher. And in Florida, it's from the Early Learning Coalition. You would think that when a child is placed with you, it would just come automatically because in the perfect world, that's exactly what would happen. You know, a kid comes here, it's with a red folder and that red folder has all kinds of information or at least as much information as the CPI was able to gather about the child. And it's got, you know, some medical information in there, social security and things like that. And you would think that within that folder, you would have a voucher. And as Ashley said, a golden ticket that would grant them access to daycare. But unfortunately, that is not the case. And 
Um, although we did request a voucher very, very early on, we have had so much of a struggle getting daycare provided for for our little guy. I myself am actually a teacher, and um, earlier this week, uh, five days ago, I started back at work. And so up until then, you know, we wanted to have little boy in daycare so that he can get acclimated to his surroundings and to kind of help make the transition from the home to daycare in the mornings a little bit smoother before I had to go to work. And so we enrolled him in daycare and, you know, with the promise that this voucher was coming and, you know, here we are week three and we didn't have the voucher still. And in the meantime, you know, while he was in daycare, I would stay at home with baby girl who is two and a half months old just because the cost of daycare for infants is so much more costly than it is for you know, a toddler or a three-year-old. So I kept her home with me and well, come Monday, I didn't have a choice. You know, I had to go back to work and I was required to be there. So, um, we put a lot of pressure on our, our caseworker. Well, actually it was our caseworker's boss because our caseworker went on vacation. Um, actually it's kind of a theme of our case. If you listen to our last podcast, uh, where is everybody? Uh, everybody who's touched this case has gone on vacation. Um, so anyway, we were talking with our caseworker supervisor and kind of like letting her know, you know, this is an emergency situation at this point. And we had some people who work for FSS or Family Support Services, and they're on our side. We have two bulldogs that like fight for us, and they are absolutely incredible. And both of them were trying to contact the supervisor to get us this daycare voucher. And um, they... Basically, the Friday before I went to work, they said, you know, we basically have two options at this point. Um, well, three options. Number one, you pay for daycare out of pocket, which is what we have been doing. Um, number two, they do an emergency respite and the kids would go stay with another foster family until we got that voucher. It would be a family of somebody who's like a stay at home mom or, or stay at home dad. And then the th third option was basically for um, for us to give up our placement and let them go stay somewhere else. And obviously that's not fair to the three and a half year old. I mean, he's already been through so much and the baby too, but really it's the, the little boy who is feeling the effects of everything. She's so young. It, it doesn't really have much of an impact on her right now. And uh, so those were our options. And Basically, Ashley said, you know, if this is not solved by Monday, then we're going to drop her uh, the kids off at the door of the agency and you guys can babysit them all day. And it's funny because as soon as it become the agency's issue, by golly, that voucher was taken care of. Um, <laughs> so on Monday, both kids started daycare. Um, actually, it was at the agency's expense until we get the voucher. The agency is going to cover the price of it. And then... Um, the voucher actually, Ashley went to the ELC yesterday and got it. So finally, after three weeks, the daycare situation is taken care of. And I cannot tell you how much of a relief that has been. I mean, for something that is due to the kids as children of the state, you would just think it would be so much easier. But in fact, this daycare voucher was our biggest battle so far in this whole endeavor. So here we are, day five of daycare, and things are going well. Um, we have regular scheduled visitations for right now, which is fantastic. Our 
um, caseworker picks the kids up from daycare, and then Ashley has been picking them up from the center, so where they do the visitation. And things are going pretty well. Actually, yesterday, it's kind of funny. There's a little hiccup. Our caseworker was not able to pick the kids up from daycare to take them to visitation. So somebody else from the agency did, and they walked out with somebody else's car seat. And so at six o'clock at night, the kids were had just come home from visitation and we get a call from the daycare from the director of the daycare. And she's like, so, uh, your caseworker took somebody else's car seat. And it's so funny because when Ashley picked the kids up from the agency, they brought her out in this carrier and she goes, Oh, that's not ours. And they were like, Oh, it must belong to the agency. And they took it back. Well, it ended up being the parent of somebody who was at the daycare. So the daycare had to give the parents money to go out and purchase a new car seat so they could take their kid home for the evening. And it's just things like that are basically the perfect way to sum up what we've been going through so far. But I will tell you, there have been some high notes. I know my last couple podcasts, uh, you know, I, I admit I am super stressed out between, you know, getting our first placement and starting up a brand new school year and actually looking for our first home. Um, there's a lot going on, um, but I do want to end on a positive note, especially now that I'm super excited about having that voucher. Um, but Anyhow, we have been sending little notes in the diaper bag during visitation, um, just keeping mom and dad posted on the things that we've been up to, you know, the what we've been taking them to do and the things we've seen and all that stuff. And we got a note back and it was so encouraging. And, you know, mom thanked us for everything that we've done for the kids. And she, we've not met her yet. Um, the agency's waiting for her to kind of calm down a little bit. But basically, we got a note, and it was like, you know, we saw you out the window of the agency's building, and we noticed that you were, like, holding his hand, and you wiped something off of his face to make sure he was nice and clean when he came in. And she's like, basically, thank you for loving this child like he is your own and like she is your own and they expressed um, an interest in keeping our relationship with the kids open once they return home, which is, which is awesome just to, you know, be recognized for what we are doing and that we too are going through things as foster parents. It was, it was pretty cool of them to do that. And on that note, I am going to sign off for the week. Don't forget that there are more than 400,000 children here in the United States that are in the foster care system, and many of them could use someone just like you in their lives. If you are interested in becoming a foster parent, head on over to Google and check out how to do so within your state or county. Talk to you next week. Bye.